Blog Talk Radio. gentlemen and i apologize for the long intro with the music uh welcome to weigh in sports talk i'm trying to get this show set up properly i did not know that it set me up for a 15 minute show it's kind of hard to do a show in 15 minutes so i got that resolved here we are we've been off for a week or so trying to get back into the swing of things it is february you know, college football is over with now. The NFL Super Bowl happened a couple of weeks ago tonight. And we have a Super Bowl champion in place. And now, you know, college recruiting came and, and, and went. Here we are now to, left to, to pick up the pieces and actually preview, look up into 2015 and see which teams, you know, are going to be the top dogs in each conference. You see the, the preseason polls already by these guys that, they really don't know how to judge football. That's all I'm going to tell you. When you look at some of these people, they don't even follow recruiting, They, but yet they can put together a top 25 for next year. Unless you you really dig deep into the needs of teams and, and what they actually got on signing day, who they have coming back, the schedule's important, the quarterback's important. There's so many things, and I'm not even close to being ready to put a top 25 list together for next year. Not even I'm, – I'm still probably five months away from being able to do something like that. But we're going to try our best here at Way in Sports to give you the best information. We're not just going to throw a top 25 list. But there are some teams out there, and I'll start off with one team right now, the Tennessee Volunteers. And we, we have touched on them in this show over the past two years. And if you go back and, and read my comments and or you listen to my show, you do know that, that Trey and I were we're real high on the Tennessee volunteers. And we've been we've been calling for this for a, a long time now. But for two years in a row, the Tennessee volunteers under Butch Jones have put together a great, great recruiting classes back to back. And usually that's what it takes in order to compete at a high national championship, conference championship level. And I'm not saying Tennessee is going to the national championship this year. I'm not trying to say anybody is right now. But when you put together two top-tier classes, and last year they signed 27 or 30, I can't remember. This year they finished number four with 29 commits, one of those being a five-star, 15 four-stars, and 12 three-stars. But, when you go deeper into Tennessee's class, they they really met their needs, I believe, and they got the right players in place to make a run at this. They have the quarterback. The offensive line is going to be better. The defensive line is going to be ripped away. I mean, they're starting over, really, but they have one of the best defensive recruiting classes I've ever seen at the defensive line position. And I'm just saying, in the SEC East, 
I believe the Tennessee Volunteers can win this thing. And, and I'm not the only one probably out there that believes this. It's not just something I'm digging up and, and, and trying to talk about. I was hoping to get Coach Led on tonight, but it's just hard to get interviews last minute. I didn't know if I was even doing a show, but we'll see if he can call in. But Tennessee went, went deep in, and they, they really pulled together one of the best classes out there. When you can sign 29 players in a class and you add it on to what happened last year, Tennessee is going to be – the depth is not going to be a factor as much anymore. You know, everybody made fun of Tennessee. Everybody made fun of me when I was I was pumping them up a little bit when I saw Butch Jones come in with his staff and, and what they're doing at Tennessee. I'm a believer. I, I'm not one of those people – I'm gonna when I when I do something right and I call something I'm gonna remind you about it sometimes, especially when it's like this. And I know I know Quinn believes it too. He's listening. He believes in Tennessee right now and what they can do. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if you had a an Auburn, a Tennessee, somebody like that come in and win the SEC this year. And you can't sleep on Texas A and M. Good recruiting class number eleven. Anytime you can get around that ten range, you're, you're doing something. If you can string it together for several years in a row, that's even better. But there's one team that, you know, the Alabama Crimson Tide. They won the recruiting championship for many years straight, but they were a signing day disaster. When I say disaster, I mean nobody's even talking about them because they had their class put together. Had them to bed six five stars, fourteen four stars, and four three stars. Nick Saban, probably in my opinion, one of the best classes he's ever signed at Alabama, right there. That was an amazing signing day for them. I mean, everybody signed that was supposed to. There were no surprises, and here they are. And and a couple of Pac twelve teams. We're just recapping what we talked about a couple of weeks ago. UCLA made a a pretty strong push on signing day to finish up at number twelve. Southern Cal at number two. They finished one in some sides, but Southern Cal is going to be back and ready to go. You get that kind of talent from the West Coast, man. It's just going to be hard hard to beat Sarkeesian and the USC Trojans right now. Florida State, surprisingly, up at number three. I thought they would fall a little bit, but, but they reloaded. The Florida State Seminoles, LSU quietly into the top five. Two five stars, eleven four stars, and three ten stars. And, and I'm sorry, LSU fans out there. I just don't believe in your coach, Les Miles. I just, I really don't. I don't think he's one of the guys that's going to be able to get it done anymore. I think the ship has passed with him. I just, I know they have talent, but but it's not the LSU talent of the past that you've seen in recruiting. If you've noticed that over the past few years. LSU used to load up with these blue chippers. I mean, they were loaded, and you saw it for five, six years. Now they're getting their share of one or two five stars here and there, but they're not dominant. That's the only way Les Miles will ever win a championship with a dominant team talent-wise. You look at it, I just don't think they're going to be at that level. Sure, they may be able to to win nine or ten games, but I I just think that's a ceiling for, for Les Miles, I think he's going to piss away two or three games just because he's the coach of the team, and I hate to say that. And the same with Georgia, finished at number six in recruiting. They're losing coaches, but you have one one familiar face that every year he can't get the job done, and that's Mark Rick at Georgia. So what's going to give? And that's, when you look at the SEC East, you see Georgia, Florida, I think I think Florida's going to be a little better, but the first-year coaching staff of these guys, I, I look for about a seven, eight-win top season. Georgia is going to be a good football team, but they're replacing a quarterback. They have a new quarterback coming in with no experience whatsoever. Sure, you have Nick Chubb, but still, I mean, it's, it's without an elite quarterback and without a difference maker, you're not going to win the SEC. I'm, I'm sorry, you're, you're just not going to. And Alabama won it last year without a – I mean, he was elite during the season, but a, a quarterback nobody knew about. But you never know what Georgia can do, but it's hard for me just to put them at the top right now without knowing their quarterback. In South Carolina, they're taking a step back. They're starting to fade. If you notice last year and the couple of years of recruiting, they're not getting the recruiting classes necessary. And, I mean, here's Tennessee sitting with two top ten classes in a row – with a coach that's hungry and, and on fire. And I just, I'm just very excited. And 
Couch is in the chat room. Welcome to the show, Couch. We're about to talk some NFL draft in a minute. I'm, I'm getting pumped up about the NFL draft. And, and when Sonny comes on, I want to ask him, you know, about this NFL draft coming up. I've been reviewing who's in the draft, the teams in the position and their needs, and I just think that somebody at the top is going to make a very big boneheaded move by taking Mariota or Winston. And the rumors are that Tampa is is high on Mariota, and that's the quarterback they want. But I just don't see that. I just don't see it at all. Sonny, if that's you, hit number one if you want in, and I'll let you in. If you want to if you call in and hit number one, there he is, the couch potato himself. What's going on, couch? Good day. What's going on, my friend? Thanks for taking my call. What's the, I, I hear you're talking about the big mistake about Jameis Winston and Larry Oda both going in the first round. You know, I've heard the rumors that you talked about as far as Tampa Bay and Mariota, but I don't. The only thing that I maybe disagree on, as far as at least the rumor is concerned, if they're going to do anything, they need to take Jameis Winston. And the reason being is he's the local boy, butts in the seats. We talked about that with you know Johnny Manziel, which is the reason why Cleveland should have started him in the first place. Butts in seats, and that's what if they go and get Marietta, that's not going to be at the butts in the seats. Jameis Winston. On the other hand, with them being there, I think that's where they get butts in the seats. I think it's a mistake if they go that route. I think it's a mistake for them to go either one of those, but if they're going to go, you know, you, I think you got to go Winston there in reality. Yeah, you say butts in the seat, and that's, that is true. Winston, the, the hometown guy, really. But when they're when they're one in ten, I mean, how many butts in the seats are going to be there, really? You got to give. They're going to give them a curve. I mean, really. I mean, if you look at, I mean, NFL fans are not dumb. Okay, maybe they are. But that, that being said, I think they understand that all. If they if they seen what happened to Peyton Manning in his first year, the one in fifteen season he went through. Now, I'm not saying by any stretch that those guys are, you know, Peyton Manning. That having been said, I think it's more understandable. And I think they give them a learning curve. So at least for one year, possibly a half year next, they might give them that learning curve and they might still go ahead and show up on game day. Well, Sonny, I look at Tampa Bay and, and their needs, their main needs, their offensive line, and, and they need somebody that can put pressure on the quarterback. I mean, do you really go out if you're Tampa Bay and draft a quarterback right now? I can't remember the name of the quarterback, but is it, the number one priority of this team is that the reason they were two and fourteen last year with an well, easy the reason schedule. Why listen, the reason why they're two and fifteen last year, and I'm going to put a little bit, is that defensive line. And you know, one of them is you know he got a Super Bowl ring last year, and he was in the Super Bowl this year. And you know, they grabbed him up. His name is slipping my mind, um, but he used to, he's the brother of the Dallas Cowboy uh, tight end who used to be here, but he's now in Chicago. His name's just slipping my mind, but. That guy who went up to Seattle was a big time loss for them on that defense. Michael Bennett, even though, even though he was overrated, you know, he was he was never really anything until he picked up and went up to Seattle. That having been said, they took away the better the better guy off that defensive line. You know, Tampa Bay. You know, Tampa Bay. They've got a lot of work to be done as far as that's concerned. They've got. I mean, it's not just. I mean. You take away Evans, who else are they throwing the football? And they need a they need a quarterback, and they need a defensive line, and they need – this team, you know, you can just take it and blow it up and just start all over is what they need to do. But at the same time, that's not the what, what's going to happen. Well, well, Sonny, if you're Tampa, could you do this? And let me give you this option. Could they trade down, and I mean maybe middle, lower tier part of the first round, maybe get two picks in this round? draft, I mean, trade up, let, let someone take that place, and they could get, if they need a quarterback, they could take Hundley out of UCLA, and they could get a, a pass rusher as an offensive line help, maybe get two picks in this first round instead of uh, Mariota or Winston, really. I just think they could get more value if they would do it that way, but who's sucker enough to buy it up? Who wants Winston or Mariota bad enough to trade up in this draft? 
That just goes to show there's nobody in the draft at the quarterback position for someone to trade up to because they're all about the same and they can just take whatever's fallen to them. Now, it just all depends upon the Winston situation and how they want to do it. I think Winston drops big time. Be the, the, the off-the-field problems, I'm going to tell you right now, if people think Jameis Winston will be drafted in the first round, I'm telling them they're wrong. There's too much going on for this kid off the field, and that's going to affect his draft position. A lot of people still have him go in the first. I'm telling you right now he's going to get passed over in the first round. And it, it, But here's the thing. Since they changed the fact that he's not going to make the money, maybe someone might go ahead and cha- take the, the risk for it and go ahead and trade up for him. You know, but right now, as far as quarterbacks are concerned, or anybody in reality, unless you got your eye on someone that you know that can help you turn around the franchise, there's no need to trade up because the money is not a factor anymore in the NFL draft, which takes away from our excitement because if money was a factor, we would see this kind of thing still going on. So, you know. That's the, what I look at as far as the draft is concerned. And in Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, they they desperately need a quarterback, but I don't think they need to definitely go trade up to get him. I think you're right. I think they could trade out of that spot. And but me, I'll be honest, they need to go offensive line first, defensive line second, and then if a quarterback's still around, you go ahead and grab it up because they're not going to be the quarterbacks that they have on tilt right now are not going to be any worse than any of the of the rookies that are coming out here so it, as far as what's going on here I, I hate to even say i'd rather have josh mccown than any of these rookie quarterbacks coming out right now yeah, that's not that's not a bad thing to say but do you think chip kelly and the eagles do you think they're going to try to trade up? i know mariota is, is chip kelly's baby really he loves the kid and he would fit well in the philadelphia offense the way he can run and throw, I still question his size a little bit, taking a beating, running the football. But do you think Philadelphia would jeopardize what they have going right now to trade up and maybe waste a draft pick to get Mariota? I think it would be a mistake. I think it would be, too, because I think they still like Falk. I think they still got something inside that says we want to see what Falk can do when he has a full season 100%. I think they really want to see that, even Chip Kelly. But that doesn't mean that they won't go after him in order to uh, keep him as a backup in case something happens. But I don't see him going there and completely, you know, going you know, crazy to try to get to him. I don't think they're going to make any big moves in order to get to him. Now, that's just me. But they got a guy by the name of Jeremy Macklin that this football team, the Eagles, that – have to have, and if I'm not mistaken, that guy's a free agent. So they got some off the, they got some other situations in Philadelphia that they have got to cover. And one, their their biggest concern should be Jeremy Macklin. And if it's not Macklin, yeah, I know it's Jeremy Macklin. I think that's the guy that's the that's on the free agent list. So they have got to get that part figured out as far as that's concerned. What about? Let me see. What about I'm the looking Minnesota at the Vikings. wide receivers right now. Hold on. Here here it is. The wide receivers and I'm looking really quick Philadelphia. I just want to make sure that I'm thinking about the same guy that uh, here hit can um all right. Yeah, Jeremy Macklin. Yes, it is him. He is a free agent. I'm telling you right now that the Philadelphia Eagles don't go and take care of that business first, even before quarterback, because they got Nick Folt. Their number one priority better get Jeremy Macklin under under contract and not lose him, because even if they lose him, they lose pretty much about 70% of their offense in the wide receiver position. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. There's really not elite. Too many elite. There's a couple of real good receivers in this draft, but none that that's going to perform at that level. Don't you agree? Right now, where they oh, come I, in, I, I agree. Don't... Randall Cobb is a, is a free agent. Michael Crabtree, free agent. Okay, the, that you know, and, and I'm not saying that um, uh, Darius Hayward Bay is you know someone, but at least that guy has uh, has experience. Robert Meacham is out there as well. 
Santana Moss, depending on what you think about him and his age, he's out there. Eddie Royals from the San Diego Chargers is out there. And don't forget, Demarius Thomas is still a free agent. So, you know, they may, depending on what Denver is going to do, they may have to franchise tag uh, Thomas in order to keep him because that guy's going to get and generate some money. Yes, that's a good point, Sonny. And, you know, there's a team that I'm curious about. And I, I know they're not a great football team, but they have the ability in the next few years if Bridgewater holds up and does what he's supposed yes. to do to Vikings right now with AP. What's the story on Adrian Peterson right now? Do you know any update okay. on him? I'm sorry, I haven't yeah, followed it much. Well, Adrian Peterson is still, uh, you know, still um, uh, a Viking. And I just heard an interview with the head coach of them. Um, uh, he used to be a Dallas Cowboys coach. His name slipped on my mind. I just heard an interview with him um, on uh, what day was it? It was Thursday. Um, he said their number one main priority is to get Adrian Peterson under contract. Now, that's the coaching now, that all depends on what the front office is all about. But right now, they're thinking right now is they, the coaching staff and the head coach, they want Adrian Peterson back. That's the number one priority, at least as far as the coaching staff is concerned. Now, it really all depends upon as how a franchise wants to deal with Adrian Peterson. And, I, frankly, I don't see how they keep him because of what they did. That having been said, that guy is fresh. They only played one game as a Viking last year, and so it's not like he got beat up. This guy's going to come back fresh, injury-free as well. Adrian Peterson is going to get money, and the Dallas Cowboys have already said we're going to be going after him, especially if they don't get to Marco Murray. Yeah, and so the Vikings keep Peterson. They have Bridgewater. Don't you think in the first round this team needs a wide receiver? I mean, you look Absolutely. at their receivers, receivers, they don't really have anything to write home about. Yep. I think they, there's a couple they could get right now with their first-round pick. Yeah, and depending on what they do in the off in the off season, as far as you know, Randall Cobb, Green Bay Packers. I don't know if the Green Bay Packers will let that happen. Um, you know, being uh, picked up within the same division. I don't know there, but the wide receivers in the NFL. I think there are some very good names out there that can help. Uh, help Teddy Bridgewater become what I think he can be, and I think this guy's a franchise quarterback. Now, and, and this really, if you take everything that he did out on the football field, just watch this guy on the sideline. This guy is the coolest, the calmest, understanding. When he makes a mistake, you don't see him losing his mind on the sideline, getting mad about it. He has his face in the uh, Microsoft Surface trying to figure out what he needs to do. This guy seems like there's no stress on him whatsoever. So they need to be able to get him some weapons as well. But you also got to watch that offensive line. You got to protect this guy because you don't want Teddy Bridgewater running for his life in order to complete a pass. So you want to keep that guy in the pocket, and I think he could be a really good pocket passer. Well, I mean, when is the draft, Sonny? I mean, is it, is it May? Well, the combine is in four days, um, and yeah. the um, I'm, I'm, that part I know I don't know when the draft is. I think it's like two. I think it's like a month and a half before training camp opens up. But not maybe yeah. it might be two months before training camp. So I think you're looking at about um, probably somewhere in about May or June. I think is when the draft is. I'm not sure when it is actually. So, so think about how much can happen between now. And then on the off field, some of these players, I mean, is the combine really the way to get like, like for instance, Sammy Coates of Auburn. He's a, he's a, a freak athlete. He, he, some people say he's going in the first round or anything. What can he do at the combine to get up in that first round and to catch the eyes of people? Because I, I'm one of those people that think the combine's worth. Worth, worth what? worthless i mean it's just like what do you, I mean, oh, all you do is go out there and run the 40 and, and stuff like that who cares i mean you can go watch no, no, them no. do that you and I, but here's one thing about the combine as far as what that's all about you, you may have a great idea but a player can really drop in the and we've seen it okay a player if they have a bad combine you'll see these players drop 
and, and maybe not be taken where they po- quite possibly should. The combine's important for the players to at least maintain what they've done out on the football field, in the college football field, and just at least maintain it. If they have any crazy drop-off, that's the reason why you're seeing some guys not going to the combine because they know it will affect their draft position and they won't do it. That's why they have personal tryouts and more so than going to the combine. Um, but if you don't get to the combine or if you, if you go to the combine and you drop what you normally do or what your expectations could be, it can affect your draft position. And maybe, you know, if you're, a se- if you're projected a second rounder, you could drop the number in the fourth or fifth round in yeah. a heartbeat on a bad day at the combine. So it's really all about maintaining what they did out on the football field when they were in college the last year. Yeah, but for a player like Sammy Coates, and you know who I'm talking about, right? I know exactly who you're talking about. Well, you know, he's one of those guys that he, he he flew under the radar a little bit. Last year, the year before in 2013, he, he had a big year. And last year, a pretty good year. One thing about him, he's like a Julio Jones, a freak guy. If he comes into this combine and runs a 4-2, 4-3, and shows his freakish athleticism and strength, I mean, that could easily boost him from a Absolutely. borderline first round to maybe a a 20th pick, isn't it? I mean, if he has a, just it a could. great performance. It could, or a bad combine could actually drop him. See, that's the one guy that you you can't afford to have a bad combine because he did fly under the radar for so long, and he didn't really make a stretch of his legs until he was, you know, the last year. So, really, yep. you know, they, they'll look at his last year, and they'll take that under advisement, but if he goes and he sinks, at the combine, that could you know take away his projection of where he would be, and people will say, well, you know, maybe he'll drop, and we can catch him a little bit later. It's really all about poker when it comes to the NFL draft and what you see in the combine, and what the scouts are saying is really hugely important as well. Depending on what the scout, when scouts go to the combine, they have certain assignments of what they're looking at. They're not necessarily looking them at, at these players as a complete overall player. There are specific players that they are looking for specific things on, and if they fail, especially at the things that they want them on, that could really, really hurt them depending upon the team and where they want to end up drafting them, or they can figure we can at least get the same type of guy in that round. So I think it really boils down to how they really do at the Combine. Combine, you can either make or break your career, and like I said, with what they did as far as the rookie uh, salary cap, you know, if you're going in later rounds, you're really not spending any money on players. You know, there's two players we talked about that I think could really be hurt by the combine, and that's Mariota and Winston. I mean, imagine Winston Absolutely. coming out there running, running a 540 or something, and he's overweight, and his arm strength's just not there, and his accuracy. I mean, that could really, like you said, knock him out of the first round. And, and Mariota, yep. I mean, what, what, what does he have to do to – to make sure he's up there in the conversation of the top pick. I just don't see it, man. If Mariota goes number one, I want to know whatever someone's smoking. Who's got the number one pick? Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. If they take them with the number one pick, I will say they you, you got to get out of that. If you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you've got to get out of that position. You don't want number one this year. There's nothing that is out there that they say we that guy is going to help us 100. percent You know, it, when you got the number one pick, you need an impact player at a position that you need desperately, and the quarterback position they need desperately. But guess what? It's not desperate enough. They know what's coming out in 2016, Tarvin. So they know what's coming their way, and they say, well, you know what? Maybe we'll wait until 2016. We have McCown under contract, and we went out and got your offensive coordinator that I used to work with as well. There you go. So there's some there's some good situations for them as far as that's concerned. Because if I'm not mistaken, didn't um, the the coach uh, for the Bears went to Tampa Bay as the offensive coordinator? Trustman didn't he go to Tampa Bay? Uh, I can't remember. I believe so. I got. I'll look it up because I think he went to Tampa Bay and Josh McCown's right there. Um, so let me see. Trustman. There we go. We'll find out where he went to. Um, Let's see here. Do, 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 do. News, news, news. All right, Tressman. Um, oh, mark that. 
Well, I, I'm I'm missing where he at. He's signed somewhere. I forget where it is. So, um, yeah, yeah, it don't matter. Right. But especially but, but, if it's Tampa. I, oh no, no, uh, he went to Baltimore. He went to Baltimore. So, but so that that was incorrect. But still, it, it, down there in Tampa Bay, they still got Josh McCown under a contract that they they feel that they've completely overpaid for. So they're they and they're stuck with the money that that guaranteed money. So if they cut him, they still got to pay him the money. So they're going to try to get another year out of him. And I don't think you see Tampa Bay take a quarterback with that first draft. And I think they really should trade out of it. So it's going to be, uh, you know, how important it is for other players to grab up what their needs are and whether or not they think they're going to get them or not, or at least someone compatible. You know, if you have an offensive lineman, a guy that you really want, um, is there another guy that's right next to him that you can get maybe a little bit later and you don't have to worry about it? So it's just all its all about planning. It's all about strategy for the team and what their really needs are and how much they're willing to go ahead and take after it. But if I'm Tampa Bay, I'm trading out of that number one pick. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's only you only can choose Winston or Mariota really with the number right. one pick. There's no, there's nobody else out there that I see is worthy of the number one overall pick unless it's a quarterback, and and I just don't yeah. see anybody out there. So I would definitely trade out of that. There's there's no way I'm. Well, let me that ask pick. you a question, Tarvin. If you have been watching the Dallas Cowboys, okay. And you figured out what Jerry Jones has done. Hey, Jerry Jones, he may be a little psycho, but there is definitely a method behind the madness that has actually worked. For the last four years, offensive line. Now, look at Tony Romo. Look what he's done. Okay, Now he doesn't have to throw the ball 60-70% of the time. He can actually hand the ball off now. He's got an offensive line that will generate holes and let that work. Um, and also protect your number one guy. So that having been said, you know, depending on how desperate they are, because let's be honest, Tampa Bay needs an offensive lineman. If this is a year that it could really, what? I'm not saying an offensive lineman should or will be taken, but it wouldn't shock me that the number one pick is an offensive lineman this year, because that will tell you exactly how the NFL feels about the quarterbacks that are coming out. Yeah, and if that's if that's the case, if you're really wanting to get an offensive lineman that high, trade down. I mean, Tampa yeah. could go to number seven, eight, or nine and and get an offensive line. They could get the Falcons exactly to, to screw up. Maybe maybe the Falcons. And what do you think about this, Sonny? The Falcons at eight, they trade up for the number one pick. They draft Mariota. They let him sit behind Matt Ryan for a couple of years. Or you know, and that could be something. As long as these quarterbacks yeah. can sit a year or two. Without having to come in, I'd like their chances a little bit better. But if they come in and start for a bad team, they're screwed. Well, I agree with you 100. percent And that it, what you said about what their situation is, as far as how Atlanta does it, I wouldn't I wouldn't disagree with that type of move. You know, Atlanta's been known to do some trades to get the guy that they want. Look what they did in order to get Julio Jones. Okay, this is a team that made a lot of sacrifices, a lot of trap picks to get Julio Jones. And I'll say it right now, he definitely deserved, you know, he de- the, the Atlanta Falcons did the right thing. I mean, he got every, they're getting everything they can get out of Julio Jones and losing the draft picks. That having been said, as they, I think, don't, doesn't Atlanta, they have number eight, I think, in this pick, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Eight. All right, yeah. so they can get eight. They can get a bevy of people out there, so it, it just depends. I don't think that I don't think Winston goes to Atlanta, so because that's just not a fit. If you're going to get a quarterback, you got to get the quarterback that you know kind of complements Matt Ryan, and that sure is not Jamison Winston. And you know, it, it just all depends on where how important it is. Because let's be honest, that offensive line for the Atlanta Falcons this past year was dreadful. It was it was pathetic. Matt Ryan was running for his life, and Matt Ryan didn't all of a sudden become a bad quarterback. Matt Ryan had to run for his life because he had no protection all year long, and that's the reason why you see him dropping down as far as popularity out there. But one thing I will tell you as far as that is concerned, when you look at it, whether it's Mariota or Winston, and from what I've been kind of reading right now, is is that they may take that chance and uh, let one of those slide down um, and get pick up someone at number eight. I think that's and I think that you know it, 
Atlanta's hoping Winston goes number one, big time, because they don't want Jameis Winston. They want Mariota, without question. Yeah, Winston is – I just – I don't get it. When did, when did the, the quarterbacks take the Wonderlick test or the all the players? When did they take that, actually? Is it during the draft they take, or is it before? No, no, no. They take the the Wonderlick one month before training camp. So the, you, you will see that about June. Okay. I just wonder. People say Jameis Winston's smart, but do you do you think he's a smart quarterback? Would you be surprised if he did very well in the Wonder League? Because now they have tutors for Wonder League tests to help them, which I don't yes. think is right. I think they need to take it based on what they know right then. I don't think they should be coached up I agree. to take that test. But that that's exactly what they'll do. But here's one thing: when I look at Jameis Winston, I you know guess what? When that boy takes a step out on the football field, he thinks college football's fast. Just wait until he gets to the NFL because this guy on instinct will take off. He'll take off number one. And the way the NFL and the way these defensive ends are going to be up there, they're going to be, they're going to be digging. They're going to be loving to welcome Jameis Winston to the NFL. And, and Jameis Winston will be running for his life. He's going to be RG3 all over again with all the potential, but he's not going to be able to get the potential because he won't be able to become a pocket passer because whatever team is going to end up getting him, if they don't follow it up with the offensive line to, alignment to protect him, it's almost a wasted pick, or you're just going to see Jameis Winston running the football. Yeah, I mean he's a he's the name. Like you remember when Cam Newton came, he was the number one overall pick, Heisman Trophy winner, yep. national champion. They were looking to. You remember that Pro Bowl he played in? The way they started playing defense when he came into yeah. the game and punished him. That, that's what they're going yeah. to do to Winston. Oh, and they might even do it a little bit harder because he's so stupid. At least RG three wasn't dumb walking in there. I mean, geez, I mean, what what did he steal? Some fish or something? I mean, come on, those believe it or not, those football players they they'll look at that and say, hey, let's just make him more dumb. Let's see if we can give him a concussion and really affect his brain. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a good one. Hey, there's a team that I'm looking at Sunny right now in this first round. I think they're a couple players away from being able to to contend for the playoffs, and that's the Rams at number 10. I mean, would they stay at number 10, or do you think they'll come up? Because I see some offensive linemen in their future. They, they're a team yeah. that knows the importance of the offensive line, especially with Bradford. They they need yep. that offensive line, uh, you know, the bad. I was looking up offensive linemen, you know, for guys, you know, for teams. Okay, and no one's really jumping through hoops for guys that they've got to have. You know what I'm saying? You know, because mm-hmm. really, if you're an offensive lineman, you're in the first round, and there's about five or six of them, if I'm not mistaken, this year. Their, their difference between them is not much. So the Rams can, I think, can sit and wait and watch a couple people take a couple of uh, wide receivers and quarterbacks, and they'll still get the cream of the crop at the offensive linemen. The St. Louis Rams are going offensive line, then defensive secondary. That's the way they're going to pick this year. And if they don't, they need to get their heads examined. Because if you're not going to protect Sam Bradford, your $42 million man okay, will have played not even a full season really in reality after his first year. After his first year, this guy has not seen the football field two years after it for more than one season added up. They need this guy out on the football field, and I think Bradford can be that you know, atypical you know, franchise quarterback if they treat him the right way and protect him like they have to do. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. And, and you, you saw what they did with Greg Robinson last year. They took him number two overall, I believe. Yep. This year they, they have to keep doing the same thing, just like the Dallas Cowboys did. All of a sudden, yes. Romo looks like one of the best in the game, and the running game was amazing. It's because of the mm-hmm. offensive line. That's the, that's the basics. Why do these teams not get that? Early in the draft, you suck every year, and you're getting the first pick because you're picking wide receivers – and these quarterbacks yep. is coming to a team with no protection. Why does it? Why is it so hard to grasp that offensive linemen are the number one priority of any team besides the quarterback? But the quarterback wouldn't I'm be good tell you, on, on offensive line. I'm going to tell you right now: teams with franchise quarterbacks take offensive linemen in the first and second round. Period. Period. And and, and, the, and that the reason being 
Okay, it, it, take away Julio Jones a couple of years back. They 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 needed some offense. They had to have it. But take away franchise type quarterbacks in the draft. Get offensive linemen drafted first, and if they don't, you. What you're saying is, is that you're going to try to pick up some retreads, and at the the biggest position out on the football field, you cannot afford to retread as your offensive lineman. There are not enough out there that are good that you can say, yeah, we can put him on here. We can grab him up for free agency. If he's a free agent, there's a reason why. Because the number one priority on the football field is a, is a quarterback, and the number two is the people that protect him. And believe it or not, wide receivers and running backs are three and four, and that's the way it should be. The Patriots do that, Green Bay Packers. I mean, all the good football teams, that's how they think. And if if these uh, teams that are not good football teams just have the patience and go two years. One of these days, that quarterback is going to pop up for them, and they get, they can pick up and grab them. So you know, it, it it is what it is. And depending on how uh, the fact that Ryan Mallett has not been picked up after spending four years behind Tom Brady. Someone needs to get their head examined for teams that need a quarterback. They need to be on that guy and grab him up. I, I and granted, I didn't see a lot of him. He played for Houston. He did halfway decent before he got hurt. So that guy's got talent, and he's smart now because he's got the best quarterback that he played behind. So watch out for NFL football teams. The bad ones, you got to go get him if you expect to get better. But if you're going to go get Ryan Malley, you better protect him. Well, that's a good point you brought up, Sonny. Ron Mallett getting to sit behind for four years, the best in the business. I mean, to see how he does every day, how he handles practice, how he handles adversity, how the coach, Mm -hmm. you know, coaches him and everything. And it just reminds me of Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Yes. The way Brett Favre. Exactly. And, and, I mean, I would be willing to do that just because of that reason, just to take a chance. Could we be getting the next Aaron Rodgers? You know, I doubt it, but you never know. I mean, it's worth the risk. And if he's not Aaron Rodgers, maybe he can be a top 10, top 15 quarterback that can help your team improve. If you're the Raiders, I'm sorry, I'm not sold on Derek Carr. And, and, and I've heard a lot of people on it. And, they're, and, and they like him, and I think they're going to keep him. That's going to be the local Raiders' downfall, unless they get a number two. And they need to get someone. And I'm telling you right now, the Oakland Raiders need to get Ryan Mallett. You know, the backup car. You've got two good guys. I mean, geez. And, and guess what? Ryan Mallett, I don't think he really cares if he's a starter. That guy's going to get money wherever he goes. So that part, the money's taken care of it because of who we backed up. And so it's going to be really simple for any team to grab him up. So the Raiders, if they love, if they love Derek Carr, get that number two, I think Ryan Mallett. But there are teams out there that can use it. The Arizona Cardinals need to go after Ryan Mallett with a fierce fork. Even though you got, even though you got Palmer coming back next year because you signed a contract, and then the next day, literally, that guy goes out for the rest of the season. That's the same thing that can happen next year. You got it. The, the Arizona Cardinals' number one priority better be backup quarterback because they already seen what happens when you don't. And if the Arizona Cardinals don't do anything about that backup quarterback position, they will deserve what they get going into the year with Carson Palmer. Yeah, and I'm just if I'm Arizona, I'm not even dealing. I don't even want to deal with Palmer. But yet you're stupid enough to to pay him that money and then he you gets hurt. To. Yeah. I mean, you have to, but you have to think what about they guarantee a backup him? plan. Twenty five million. I think they guaranteed him twenty five million. They're stuck with Palmer. Uh, they, they better realize that that guy is fragile, Fred. And I'm talking about Fred, uh, uh, Fred Taylor, who used to be the Jacksonville Jaguar, where the fragile name came from in the NFL. They better think that Carson Palmer is fragile, Palmer, because that I I, I can see it. At, any given moment, and especially with the Arizona Cardinals not spending the money on offensive linemen sometime, I could just see it happening. And, you know, the Arizona Cardinals, they better back up that quarterback. And that is and that is the precise reason why they didn't win in the playoffs. And you can sit and argue with me all day long. If they had a real quarterback, they would have beat that Carolina Panthers, and we wouldn't be, you know, you know they wouldn't have made it to the second – the Panthers wouldn't have made it to the second round. 
Yeah, that was the only thing they were missing. They could have they could have possibly won the Super Bowl. That's they how good this team was had won, they had a quarterback. They almost yeah, they almost beat the Panthers, didn't they? If I'm not mistaken, they gave them a run no. for it. No, it they, was a they, blowout, they beat them up I pretty think. good. Oh, that's right. It yeah. was a blowout. That's right. It was. Yep. Yeah, but their that quarterback mm. was bad. I mean, that was he was bad. Lindley, that was, that was bad. Lindley was the same. You had Mallet. You had Mallet on your team behind Palmer, and that happened. You had a shot to at least make exactly. it to the championship conference championship. I'm telling game, you right but, now, we should be GM. We should be a GM for the Arizona Cardinals right now. Because because I'm going to get a quarterback. I'm getting, I, and I don't care if they're franchise quarterback. They're going to say I'm going to try to trade. I, I trade everything that I possibly could to get a franchise quarterback. That's that's already there. I would, because the Arizona Cardinals don't have anything to lose. And the reason being is because that defense next year. Watch that defense go to crap. The Arizona Cardinals are in trouble next year. They lose Todd Bowles, and Todd Bowles taking the worst job in the NFL for him. That is the worst job taking the Jets' job. Oh my God, the poor guy. I feel so bad for him. Um, but that having been said, the Arizona Cardinals' defense is not going to be the same that we have seen for the last three or four years where Todd Bowles is there. Watch the defense take a step back because that was obviously the best part of that football team because if it wasn't for their defense, they wouldn't have won those few games that they did with Lindsay. Well, Sonny, stay right here a second. We have a caller. Quinn, you're on the line. Go ahead, buddy. What's going on? Hey, I was, I was saying that uh... – Arizona was on their third-string quarterback come that playoff time. Absolutely. Because Stanton wasn't wasn't that bad as Lindley was. Hell, nobody's as bad as Lindley, but Stanton's not much better. Okay, Stanton's not much better. I mean, he's okay, and he might have been better – than Lindley, but let's just say the difference between pay between Lindley and Drew Stanton is not very much. That's true. Well, Quinn, well, Quinn, what about your <laughs> Chicago Bears? What are, what are they going to do? Uh, it's looking like they're either going to get a defensive lineman or a defensive back. I, I know they were looking at Landon Collins, and then they were looking at uh, and then I've seen some stuff about they're looking at some defensive line, man. You need an offensive line, don't you? That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, if you're not going to protect Jay Cutler, this guy is going to be as horrible as he was last year. Um, you know, and and they can only blame themselves. It's bad enough that they got him, okay? And they they went ahead and they paid this guy. But the fact that if the Chicago Bears decide that they want to ignore it yet again and go with a bunch of retreads on that offensive lineman, they're really going to hurt themselves. Yeah. But yeah, they they need a couple positions. They need they need more use on defense. They need an offensive line. They need a quarterback. Uh, they're not going to get that. They got too much money tied into him. They get Cutler. I'm not actually yeah, fine with Cutler. There's not many guys out there that could actually replace him and do any better. Absolutely. Again, that offensive line—that's the—that's the key. That's why you say that. I mean, the, yep. I mean, he's—he's—he's he's a good quarterback, but he—he's got to have some protection. Quinn, thanks for the call, buddy. Sonny, I mean, again, I think the Bears are going to ignore their number one need. I really do. I think they're going to go defense. Oh, they're going to go defense because their defense was really, really bad. And I get it, and I understand why they would want to, but you've got to put points on the board. Okay, and I'm not sure what the points were. The you know the year before they were good at scoring points. Well, last year that that took a turn to the left hand side really bad. It's like the tire blew, and he went to the left real bad. That's what you got in the Chicago Bears because the year before that they were scoring some points. So that hasn't been said. That this football team, as far as where they're going to end up, the Chicago Bears have got to get that offensive lineman. But I think they're so prone to you know have the quote unquote great defense that they will miss on that and they will go defense. That's just my prediction on what they would do. 
And in that division, you have to be able to score. You have you have Aaron Rodgers in that offense. You have Bridgewater in Minnesota coming up. Detroit is a team that's going to get better. I mean, if, how are you going to compete without an offensive line if you're Chicago? I know you have to tackle people. You need to stop some people, and hopefully, a coaching move can fix that. But but if you don't have an offensive line, well, I don't care how good of a coach you are. Let's be honest, Tarvin. You can get defensive players on the on the free agent wire. All day long, you can't get offensive linemen on the free agent list. That just doesn't happen. Okay, the reason why defensive players go is because they're going to have to be paid. The Dallas—I mean, let's, the Chicago Bears in reality need to go offensive line in the draft, and they need to pay and get some free agents, and that's what they ought to do. But I think the gentleman that you had on just right now, I think he's absolutely right. That I think the Bears see how bad the defense and they feel like they have got to immediately stop it but if they go in if they go out in the um free agency they will be able to grab up enough talent at least better talent than they had out on the football field last year yeah no no I'm not, i'd like to hear cuervo's take on the bears right now i'm sure he would say exactly what all of us just said you know they they I, needed yeah, that I, offensive I think line he would, but i think he would kill for an offensive lineman well, Sonny, what's the Carolina Panthers going to do in this draft? I think they need a little defense. They need an offensive tackle, um, some corner. I don't. I can't even name a corner on their team. Almost, it, it just seems like a bunch of no names. So they could just hit yep. anybody right here at number twenty-five. What would you do? Hey, what would you do? You got Cam Newton that is, you know, he is a injury from not being out on the football field. The Carolina Panthers have to get an offensive lineman and figure out the defense in free agency and get guys free agents out on the football field. But if they, I'm telling you right now, if the Panthers don't go offensive lineman, they're making the biggest mistake. And how often did you see Cam Newton running for his life last year? A lot, and I think they may have to trade up to get one just to make sure they get the the cream of the crop of the draft. What's their I number? Mean, because What's you, their draft number? 25, 25. Oh, they may have to trade up. You're right. I think they may have to trade up. Because you have to protect this guy, and he's going to get some receivers around him. The running game's mm-hmm. all right, but the line, the line is something that you have to get better because, like you said, he was running for his life. He's been hit so many times. It's un- unbelievable. He's still standing right there. And they can get the wide receivers in free agency. There are names that are good, and there's some good names out there. You know, in Reg- you know what? Reggie Wayne's a free agent. Not that he'll go anywhere, but you know what? Another Reggie Wayne. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald is probably going to end up. Huh? How about Crabtree? Crabtree. A free agent. Absolutely. Yes, you, because a Crabtree's not going to be a 49er. That, that's just dumb. Nope. Okay, yeah, th- th- that it's not the fact that he wore out his welcome. I don't think the 49ers wanted him in the first place. The only reason why he stayed there is because of, you know, the head coach up there. Jim Harbaugh wanted him. Um, so that that is one thing. Harbaugh got a lot of work out of him. Why? Because he knew him. He knew what kind of player he was. Where did Crabtree? Didn't he? If I'm not mistaken, didn't Crabtree come out of Stanford? No, he or played UCLA at Texas one Tech. Of, he Texas played Tech. Texas Tech. Wow. Yep. But what the whole situation with Crabtree though? That was a relationship that, with Jim Harbaugh. And that's the, re- that's the only reason why I think he stayed. So this year, I don't think Crabtree stays a 49er. Not only that, he'll probably demand too much money for him to stay there because the 49ers are a horrible organization. Not as bad as Cleveland, yeah. but it's ju- it's you, bad. You run off Jim Harbaugh. I mean, really, Sonny? I mean, that's all you have to say to me. That's it. You got rid of yep. probably one of the top three coaches in the NFL. You get rid of him yep. because of your butting heads with him. Here's the deal. If you're doing the job you're supposed to do, you don't butt heads don't with anybody. If everybody if yep. everybody does what they're supposed to do, but the problem with San Francisco, they want to butt in, they want to get into the coach's business, they want to do all this, and, and now you get what you wanted. Congratulations, they San want Francisco. The glory. You're going to suck this year. That was all about ego, man. That was all about ego. And I don't care what anybody says. Jim Harbaugh said, hey, they didn't, for- they didn't force me out. This wasn't mutual. This was them saying we were going to go a different direction. 
simple as that. And you know what? I, I, like I said, when this whole thing was going down, okay, and at the beginning, of the middle of the season, I can't wait for the book to be written. Jim Harbaugh has got a bestseller for him. As soon as he sits down and starts writing it, that guy's got a bestseller for him. And they can all just talk about the 49ers. He can, he, I mean, and you'll find out. And believe me, I'm going to believe Jim Harbaugh before I believe anybody in the upper offices of the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, have you? I mean, I'm still stunned that he's not a coach at San Francisco, Sonny. I mean, if, if it wasn't I, for all that bull crap that happened, San Francisco would have been a playoff team last year. Had the had the management of San Francisco kept their nose out of everything and, 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 you know, that upsets the players too. That's their jobs and everything. If there's problems going on with a coach, it's going to affect everyone. San Francisco was 8-8 eight and eight with a season the way they had, losing who no they business being were eight missing. Eight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's one of the best teams in the NFL. They're getting to pick 15. Who do you think they go at? Well, uh, well I don't know because because of that front office. Okay, that pick is going to be made by the general manager with no input from the head coach because they got their yes man. Their yes man will say, okay, that's fine. Go ahead and get him. Yep. It won't put anything in it. Okay. So whoever the front office wants is what they're going to be. So it will be all depending on who they think that they need. Now, if you look at the team, they're going to lose Crabtree. And I'm not saying he's a great wide receiver, but you know what? you got to replace him, okay? You can't just lose Crabtree out of your lineup and then say, you know, everything's going to be fine. So you you got to watch out for that. you also got to remember, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Bolden. Bolden, I don't think he's going to be there next year. This team's going to be in need of a wide receiver that Colin Kaepernick can throw the football to. You know, it may sound crazy, Sonny, but I think San Francisco is the team that gets Sammy Coates, either in the first or second round, depending on mm. on how everything goes. I think Sammy Coates and San Francisco, with Colin Kaepernick, you remember he likes those dual-threat quarterbacks. He plays better with them. You're trying to slow yep. down a running quarterback like Kaepernick, and you get a freak athlete on the, on the outside like that that can just take it to the house every time. San Francisco. But, hey, you know, you know what, Sonny, they're not smart enough to do that. Oh, what you know what they were smart enough to do is if they want to dump Kaepernick, it's not going to cost them hardly any money to do so, even with that big contract. They set that up to where that was all, all, you know, about the team. If they wanted to let him go, they could do, and it wouldn't hurt them. I think they lose maybe two million bucks if they let him go. And believe me, if they want to get rid of him, two million bucks means absolutely nothing, and they can go after their guy. And you know, it just it, it, in that case up in San Francisco, you know, it, they weren't very happy evidently with Colin Kaepernick, or they would have gave him a better contract, guaranteed contract. This contract's not good enough in reality. He signs the big contract, but remember, this is the NFL. They could cut you and you might not get paid. And, you know, Colin Kaepernick, he stayed there because Jim Harbaugh believed in him. Now, Jim Harbaugh's back in college. He's not in the NFL. I think Colin Kaepernick is going to feel like he is, you know, on an island all by himself going, where am I going to go now? And I think I think out of this whole San Francisco fiasco, it's going to affect Colin Kaepernick in so much of a negative way, and so much so that coming into this next year, I'm thinking about taking Colin Kaepernick and even slipping him down a couple of uh, spots as far as where I have him ranked in the NFL. Yeah, I just, I'm not a big fan of Colin Kaepernick, and I think, like you said, I think Harbaugh is the – the one that kept him going, kept him yep. from imploding all the way off the map. He was getting close with with yep. everything. And, you know, wearing the Miami Dolphins hat on the side, that really just rubbed me the wrong way. It rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, especially the maturity of a quarterback. I just don't think without Harbaugh there, he has a shot to make it in San Fran. I agree. Listen, listen, I, I and no one's going to be able to convince me I can't prove it. Jim Harbaugh threw, the, threw some of those games this year to put it to him. Harbaugh knew he had a job next year. He wasn't worried about it, right? I mean, come on. Let, I, I'm going to tell you right now, if I had the upper hand, which Jim Harbaugh did, all right, everybody knew that guy was going to get paid whether he went to the NFL or went to college. It didn't matter. This guy was going to get paid. 
And the way the San Francisco 49ers treated them, I think at about midseason, he said he threw up the middle finger at him and said, well, you know what, since you don't like me, you know, getting to the playoffs every single year that I've been here, huh? let's see how it feels, you scumbags. Uh, you know, well, let's not make the playoffs. And, let, you know, and, and I'm telling you, I wouldn't put that past Jim Harbaugh. Not at all. I think he and I'm going to tell I I would say it out there. Jim Harbaugh threw the middle finger up to the San Francisco 49ers and said, "You know what? You don't want me. You don't deserve the playoffs either. So the hell with you." And that's what he did. Yeah, you could tell he did that in that Oakland game, couldn't you? I'm telling you right now, and Oakland was begging for him too. And, and I'll tell you, if he didn't sign to Michigan, he was going to Oakland. There was no other. I mean, the, the fact that, he, and that's one thing about Harbaugh, you got to be careful. He doesn't really show a lot of emotion because when he picked that job, the only way, and I think we even talked about it, whether it was your show or my show, he had to have a passion or a great big desire to want to coach the Michigan uh, team throughout his life, not throughout his years of even playing and even coaching. It, you know, once he got that coaching job in, San, uh, in Stanford, then he went to San Francisco, and he knew where he was. He, If he was going to take that Michigan job, it had to be a dream job because he could have stayed right there in Oakland and made the same amount of money. So it had to be had to be something deep inside of him that wanted that a Michigan job. And I don't think he's going to stay in Call me crazy, and, and maybe I am. I don't think he stays in Michigan long, Sonny. I know you're a big Wolverine fan and everything, but I think after a couple of years, he may take a job, a big-time job in the NFL. I'm going to tell you right now, and you know, people are going to tell me I've lost my mind, Jim Harbaugh wasn't the right hire for Michigan. I'm sorry, it just wasn't. And, and, and you, I understand what Jim Harbaugh brings me. I'm not saying it was a bad pick. Okay, I get why they did it, and that part makes sense. But you're, you're talking about a guy that, even though he had success over in Stanford and what he did, okay, okay, you're selling hot babes in over in L.A. on the beaches. That's an easy sell to a young kid. Now you're going to try to sell them, you know, 20 degrees below zero in Ann Arbor, Michigan. <laughs> it's going to be a tougher sell. And I agree with you. I don't think he stays more than three years. I really don't. And, and before he's going to get an offer from the NFL that he just cannot refuse, it's going to be a job that he really, really wants. And, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm just love what's going on. But there's something about San Diego I, I know they're they're doing well and everything, but I think he's setting himself up for the San Diego job. I really do, and in the main because guess what? He didn't sell that house over in California. That's going to sit empty, and it's going to sit empty for three years because it's completely bought. And he lives there. He's not. He's going to get new furniture in Michigan and sell the stuff. And I'm telling you, in the near future, Jim Harbaugh is going to be the head coach of the San Diego Chargers. I just there's just something inside me that says he will be. He won't be at Michigan long. No more than five years. I I guess. I guess four. I don't know. Three might be a little bit too little. But those offers are going to be coming each and every year from the NFL. And he's got a job in mind. And we just don't necessarily know what it is. But I think it's San Diego. Yeah, maybe. But, I mean, what about the Dallas Cowboys in the next few years? Do you think he could be a man that could that would take the Dallas job? I just don't think Garrett's a long-term it wouldn't be offered for Dallas right now. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be offered, and and I, uh, there's there's so there's so much love for Jason Garrett down here. I mean, he he has kissed enough ass to Jerry Jones to where that guy is. It, 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 Jason Garrett will not be going anywhere for the next three or four years. I'm you know because of the quality of the team, they're going to be making the playoffs. Okay, so watch that, and and I hate to say that because I hate the Dallas Cowboys. Okay, with a passion, I hate them. But guess what? They're a better football team. All around, and that is, and I'm gonna. I hate to even say this. It's because of Jerry Jones, because he knew what to do. He drafted. He drafted correctly because he had a franchise quarterback, and he said, "I got to protect this guy." And I don't care what. I don't care if Johnny Mansell's available. I am taking an offensive lineman to protect him. And look at what Joni Romo did last year. If I'm not mistaken, he was number one in quarterback ranking the whole year, or quarterback rating the whole year. Okay, so obviously, I hate to even say it, Jerry Jones has done something right with those offensive linemen pick for the last four years. 
Yeah, he definitely has, and you gotta you gotta give him credit. He didn't fall for the Johnny Manziel hype or anything. Being yep. the Texas boy and everything like that. But Sonny, I'm about to have to cut off the show here. Anything you want to bring up before we go? Oh, good God, no! I just you asked me a question. I'll try to answer it. I didn't have anything on the agenda <laughs> whatsoever. I wanted to join you because I didn't get a chance to do my show because I got home work from uh, work late. So I figured I'd just join you, and then I don't have to type it up. <laughs> Well, I appreciate you joining me, man. It's been a, a boring show tonight without you, but next Sunday night when we come on, we're gonna we're gonna have a big show about the draft, and we're gonna we're gonna talk college football, some college basketball, NBA, all of. And we're gonna do Sunday. We're not gonna do this. We're gonna Wednesday. do next Sunday. Ten four. Yeah. All right, rock and roll. And depending on what my schedule is, I might throw a show up during the week too. I'll keep everybody informed. I just it, a lot of work going on, which is you know, it, when there's work, that means that there's ha- it's happy here. So, um, so I'll keep everybody. I'll keep you apprised when we're going to be on. Same with uh, Cuervo. So um, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks again. That's the Couch Potato, Sonny Clark. We appreciate him joining the show tonight. And we'll be bringing you up to date on his next show. Our next show will be Sunday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Make sure you join us. Until then, have a safe week, a great week, and, and make sure you join us Sunday night.